0: Coming up on the Men at the Movies podcast, we land behind enemy lines in episode two of Band of Brothers, Day of Days. At a time when men are increasingly alone and isolated, the solution is to find and engage in a shared mission. The soldiers find themselves in the wrong drop zone, in the dark, undermanned, ill equipped, and a long way from where they should be. Instead of waiting for what they needed to show up or checking out of the mission altogether, They started walking and along the way found the brothers they needed to accomplish their assignment. Join us as we discover God's truth in this story.
1: The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways.
0: Every great story borrows its power from a larger story. The story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men of the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald, and joining me to discuss Band of Brothers episode two, Day of Days, is my buddy Britt, one of the original guys who's it's like, Oh, you're doing this. I'll go in that direction too. And uh, we were, we were the beginning of a squad. So, hey, Britt, how are you doing today, man?
1: Yes, we were. I'm doing really well. Thank you. How are you doing?
0: Doing good. We've just been, uh, you know, as we always do talking for about an hour before we hit record, catching up and just enjoying <laughs> yes. the the friendship of and sharing things that, uh, you know, we, we can there's stuff that you can't share with everyone because uh, they don't understand. They think you're weird. They think you're a little full of yourself and or just don't understand the struggle. And so we can we can be open and honest mm. with each other and. So we did that for the past hour and shared, like I said, our struggles and our celebrate successes and hopes and dreams and all that stuff. So it's been really good. Amen. So, Britt, as we're going into the series, we're just going to sort of jump into the, the episodes we're without a lot of prelude. But this was, I mean, this was your backup. You're we're going to come back on to talk about the breaking point later in the series. But why, what is it about this episode that you're like, hey, man, I want to I jump on and talk about this one?
1: This one is such a central theme to me of leadership. And there's a great contrast between, in my opinion, from my perspective, the two different armies in Christianity and religion. And I am a history major, and I was a history teacher. War movies in general, I think we've talked about this on the podcast. But war movies in general, God just shows up and shows me stuff, yeah. you know. And, and you know, there's a there's a whole lot in the Bible about war, and He's a man of war, and He's a He's a Lord of Heaven's armies, and the whole thing. But for this one, like I said, uh, you know, as a history major and as someone who has done a lot of learning and research about World War II in general. You know, D Day was the, is still, from what I understand, the largest invasion in the history of the world. And just all of the drama that went around D Day before, during, after was such a, like, if this didn't work, think about how much longer the war would have gone on, you know? And so I just think there's so much in this episode, and it was a really well done episode very well written, like they all were, so yeah this was this was my quote unquote backup, but <laughs> also, I was just surprised I was surprised nobody picked it just because it's so central to the conflict, you know,
0: yeah, and I think we're 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 gonna have some fun contrasting this episode with the breaking point with where they're talking about the Battle of the Bulge, and it's probably the one of the hardest ones to watch,
1: oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: But I, I think so, you know, we're talking about this is D Day, right? But these are paratroopers. So they're not they're not the beach. this isn't the beach scene from saving Private Ryan. This is guys floating in to France behind the enemy lines. And as we talk about Band of Brothers as a as a sort of path of masculine initiation, what we see is if these guys dropped in to Baston. In that winter and the Battle of the Bulge, there's no way they make it through. We see this mm-hmm. like this isn't that violent of a episode. Whereas contrast right. to later yeah, yeah. with Bastone and the Breaking Point, and you do have those saving private Ryan type moments. No, oh, for sure. And so I think that's a I think God a lot of times gives us some of that grace where we build up to our battles. Where the first mm. battles aren't the worst, but we have to be trained up in it. And we even see that, you know, when yeah. they take the take the bunkers here in this one, it becomes the model for future army. That's how they train right. people now to take a bunker.
1: Which he came up with on the fly, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> he was like, maybe we'll just do it this way. <laughs> well, and a, a couple other things about this episode was... You know, in the beginning, I mean, those those moments where they interviewed the actual men were so powerful to me. And the fact that the guy would still get emotional 50 years later about men and friends that he lost on that day, Mm. on that day or in the war in general, it goes to show you the intimacy that happens when. People in general are on mission together and in battle together you know we, we our modern idea of intimacy is sharing our feelings <laughs> uh sex uh like and, and I'm not saying those things have no place in intimacy but but it's what I call the foxhole effect mm. like I am still family with people I was on the mission field with. I just am. And if we see each other after five, 10 years and we haven't seen each other, it doesn't matter. We're still family. And, and we, and, and we weep when we get back together, not because there's grief necessarily, maybe to a sense that we haven't seen each other in a while, but just, we love each other so much because we were in the foxhole together. And that's what you see in band of brothers that these men were, closer to each other than they probably ever were to their wives in a lot of ways. And it's not a sexual thing. It's it's, it's an emotional intimacy that happens and men search for it. And it doesn't happen with just simple activity or even time. It happens when we're on the same mission together. And that's the gift that God gives us.
0: Yeah. I've experienced that when I go on, when I've gone on mission trips, it's always so interesting to have like, in the airport, on the way over there, are these pictures of people. And then you go on mission with somebody for one to two weeks and you look at those old pictures, you're like, that doesn't look like the same person. Like, it's just strange mm-hmm. how that feels. You're like, oh, that's that guy. But it's not really because you since that time you've grown because you've been through the battle together. It's like, you can look at, right. you can look at a picture of, you know, these guys at the end of basic training or whatever. And they're going to look a lot different then the the grizzled veterans, as we'll talk about in episode four, where you you start seeing that that difference and that uh, that imposter syndrome is going to mm-hmm. crop up. But on this one, mm-hmm. I, I think I was I was I was, I was I almost had the hook for you, Brit, because I'm like, oh, don't don't spoil the ending. You're jumping too fast. Because I think there is, as you mentioned, there's power in going through mission together, and we in our microwave world. Want to have that instant friendship, instant brother, instant whatever. But we see, you know, I talked last episode about the importance and why we need band of brothers, why we aren't built to design to to go it alone. And there's two different things we're going to talk about today. The first, you, you you and you mentioned both of them already, but first is the structure of the different armies, the German and the American armies, and the expectation going into battle especially for the Americans, how we can apply that to what we're doing as we're engaging. As we start out on this path of masculine initiation, what is the first step? And we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to say, what happens when we do that? We start finding people drawn to us. We start doing mission together. And in doing that, in pursuing the mission, we find that the companionship and brotherhood, and we'll pull in some C.S. Lewis for that stuff. Sound like a good idea? Mm. Sounds great. So, Britt, I know this wasn't in, technically in this episode. You commented before we started recording about the preparation from that the American army, the Allied army, did for this and how it would be markedly different from a German soldier's outlook.
1: Yeah, if, if you're familiar at all with German culture... It's changed a a little bit or maybe a lot, but to some degree, it's still there. When we were in Germany, the trains run on time, (laughs) okay? And we were on a train once and the train slowed down. And I'm like, why are we slowing down? And my wife, who is a German major and knows a lot about German culture, Has lived; she lived in Germany as an exchange student in high school and spent a, a, a more time in Germany. She said they're slowing down so the train doesn't get there early. Like they can't even get there early. It has to be on time. So in the German culture, being in the structure is important. Mm. Okay. And, th- and we could go into some of the background and why that is, but, for for the german culture for and then and that and then putting that into the German army for the german army they were not a they were not encouraged nor were they empowered nor were they to have really understood the idea of acting independently from the structure and the hierarchy that they had been given they were they would they they were going to wait for orders and if there was a decision that they weren't already told they could make, they'd have to call somebody and get a decision. Yeah. So D-Day was chaos behind enemy lines because, well, first of all, the whole idea of parachuting soldiers behind enemy lines was completely new. It was a completely yeah. new idea. You could probably do a whole episode just on God pioneering new ways of doing <laughs> things. Uh, but, but nobody hit their drop zone. Nobody did. And there's a lot of different reasons for that, but they were scattered all throughout Normandy. But the the Americans, because of the American culture and more individualistic, not quite as authority-centered mindset that the American culture had, the, the American army, they taught every person from private on up every part of the mission they gave them a, a map of the whole area yeah of of all of western france they they uh, every uh, every every mission every target they they studied for months for this stuff and they were taught that if you get separated from your unit or your platoon or your squad you can join up with others and and in a fly and adjust whoever ha- is the highest ranking officer is in charge, which they which they we see lived out on this episode, which is why I love it so much. We literally see the show don't tell of this because of what happens with Winters and everybody else. So they were literally prepared for the chaos, and to me. That is indicative of the New Testament idea of Christianity is Ephesians says he's given some, given some to be prophets, pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, everything else to teach the church how to do the work of the ministry. In other words, every Christian is supposed to be fully empowered to know the whole scope of the whole, the whole, um, the whole mission, the whole purpose of God, you know maybe they're not theologians, maybe that's not their gift, but they 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 should know how to do the work of the ministry. It's not something for them to just sit and watch professional Christians <laughs> do. It's for each of us to do it. And a good leadership is empowering, powering even the least among us as Christians to have that full um to have that full empowerment and and that's why I love but the german way is a little more like you know I don't want to pick on one denomination but it's a little more religious it's a little more structured and reliant upon hearing from this specific authority before you act and move and I just so I love the difference because I think it saved the americans that that philosophical difference <laughs> cultural difference changed the whole course of the war, in my opinion.
0: Well, I love that that phrase, that sense of initiative. It, I mean, we even sort of referenced it early on of when they took the bunker. Winter's orders weren't "here's how mm-hmm. to do it." It was those those howitzers, <laughs> go take those it. Are, that artillery's pounding our guys on the beach. Go take it, and he had to figure it out. He had that empowerment. He had that initiative. And as believers, we have that same power and initiative. Right but we have to understand the larger story we have to understand the greater mission and the yes. purpose so that we're aligned yes and so i want to play our yes. first clip this is we see lieutenant winters he's dropped he finds somebody he loses his weapon so he's he doesn't even have any he has no no gun no pistol no rifle and he and a private private hall are walking through the woods together trying to figure out where they are and and i just this idea of we may not even know where we are, but we if you know where you're trying to go, then that's going to, you're going to find others along the way. Aren't you D company? Able, sir. Guess that means
1: one of us is in the wrong drop zone, sir. Yeah, or both of us. Do you have a weapon, sir? Just my knife. Do you have any idea where we are, sir? Some.
0: I tell you're a radio man. Yes, sir. Well, I was until I lost my radio on the jump. I'm sure I'll get chewed
1: out for that. Well, if you were in my platoon, I'd tell you you were a rifleman man first, a radio man second. Well, maybe you could tell that to my platoon leader when we find him, if we find him. It's a deal. First, I need your help. Locate some landmarks to get our bearings. Keep your eyes peeled for buildings, farmhouses,
0: bridges, roads, trees. I wonder if the rest of them are as lost as we are.
1: We're not lost, Brian. We're in Normandy. So they even trained them. They gave them ways to recognize each other. They gave them the little clicky things, which is probably the official army, very manly way to say it, clicky things. <laughs> um, and then, then they also gave them code words, flash and thunder, right? Mm-hmm. To recognize, are, are we on the same team? Very simple, very simple. And I love one of the things he said in that. He said, you're an infantryman first. You're a
0: rifleman first. Yeah. He's worried he lost his radio. He's like, you're not a radio man. You're a rifleman first. What are you first?
1: What are you first? And it's the same way in the kingdom. It's the same way in the kingdom. Uh, God might have me specialize in a certain type of ministry, but first I'm his son. And I'm, I, and I will be his son for eternity. That will not change. <laughs> There's a core reality of my identity that gets expressed maybe through different specializations. That's one of the things I love about the army specifically. And I think the Marines are this way too. Like they'll specialize, but man, their first, their number one, <laughs> uh, training is We're going to shoot people, you know, Uh, we're going to take out the enemy. And I just happen to also specialize as a, uh, as a radio guy or whatever.
0: We might have certain roles that are there for a time. It's like, Oh, I'm a radio man. He's not going to be using that as long as he doesn't have a radio. Does that mean he loses his purpose? No, it just means what is his core? What is my core identity? What is my core mission? Like, these guys are from different companies, but they can get along because they're on the same mission. And when you understand that, I think that helps us along the way because I know so many men who are desperate for companionship, brotherhood. They're looking for it, and they don't know how to find it. Uh, So, C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Four Loves, talks about friendship. And he says, friendship arises out of mere companionship when two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which the others do not share and which till that moment each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. We can imagine that among those early hunters and warriors, single individuals, saw what others did not, saw that the deer was beautiful as well as edible, that hunting was fun as well as necessary, dreamed that his gods might be not only powerful but holy. It is when two such persons discover another, whether with immense difficulties and semi-articulate fumblings or with what would seem to us amazing and elliptical speed, they share their vision. It is then that friendship is born. And instantly, they stand together in an immense solitude. Because Winters, and, and I believe it's Hall, are walking in solitude. There's two of them, but they're alone together. But why are they walking mm-hmm. together? Why are they going together? Because they have a shared purpose and a shared vision, shared mission. They have a goal. Yes. And it doesn't matter that they don't necessarily know where they are they know they're part of a larger story they know they're part of a larger force and so they they're moving in the direction that they know to move which goes back to that initiative and how do we do that as believers when we find ourselves alone we we you know we go to the word we spend time with with god in prayer in scripture we become a person who has something to offer who even if we lose our radio we we still have value and purpose and and something i mean Winters doesn't have a weapon. What good is he going to do? Well, again, his greater purpose is not riflemen. His greater purpose as a lieutenant is leader of the company. And so he's doing that. He's leading them. And he's engaging Hall by sort of pulling away from his fears. What are you? Are you, you know, he was a radio man. Then the humor with the, uh, see any trees? Because they're in the woods surrounded by trees. (laughs) And in that he's, he's. Giving him confidence he's giving Hall confidence that they will get to where they're supposed to go if they just keep moving forward,
1: yeah, well winter's superpower is leadership <laughs> right in 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 i mean it's in, you know even um Ambrose, who wrote the book, if you've read the book, his book is phenomenal yeah. it's just. Every time he talks about Winters, you can tell, even from the writer, like he's just glowing about this guy. Like nobody says anything bad about this guy; they can only say amazing things about this guy because he he didn't need a weapon to be a, a leader. And so, you know, you talked about, you know, even though they're from different companies, so you know, these two Hall and Winters were from these different; they were from different companies. So, a couple things with this: number one. This is how we can be sometimes with di- people of different denominations and some different perspectives, different political, right? You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to trigger people, but I mean, you know, <laughs> oh, how dare you be a Republican or a Democrat? You know, I, don't, can, I don't know if we can walk together. But but here's the thing because they knew the the overarching mission, they were able to join and walk together. And the mission wasn't comfort. The mission wasn't to be comfortable. In America, even amongst Christians, oftentimes the mission is comfort. And I'm telling you, the enemy is lulling many people to sleep in an age where we need to be about the mission, because if we don't keep the mission at the forefront of our minds, We'll be like, well, I can't walk with you because you're from Fox company. I can't walk with you because, oh, you don't even have a weapon. Well, you're, you're a, a radio operator. You don't even have a radio. We become critical of one another instead of realizing none of that matters when we're on mission together. The mission matters. And as a Christian, you are from another world. You have been born again, and you have been dropped behind enemy lines. And there's only one thing that matters that's going to last is the mission. And everything happens because God's on mission. And if you're going to walk with him, you're going to walk on mission with him and and with one another. And that's where we find the intimacy we long for, the friendships we long for, all of those, the support we long for. Otherwise, Otherwise, we'll get divided or will be lulled into some sort of idea of safety and then we're caught in a trap. Yeah.
0: Dude, we got to play the next clip because this speaks to exactly what you just said. Because you see these two guys they're walking and guess what happens as they're walking to try to find something? They find more men. They find a road and so there's there's five of them now. And so Winters takes the opportunity to look at a map to understand to get his bearings because now he can figure out where he is and if he knows where he is he knows how to get to where he wants to be and so this is that conversation of Winters comes out from under the raincoat he understands where he is he understands where they need to be and what their job is when they get there
1: we're about 7 kilometers away from our objective we're 4 hours away from when we need to have it secured so we got a lot of walking ahead of us You man will stick with us until we find your unit. Let's go. Okay, Sarge, where are we going? Causeway number two, Utah Beach. The Germans flooded the fields inland. We don't clear those routes. Our boys ain't going
0: nowhere. Five of us ain't going to secure a road that Louis don't even have a weapon. It's not about comfort. We got to walk seven clicks, and our mission is to have that secured in four hours. (laughs) And there's five of them, and one of them doesn't even have a weapon. (laughs) <laughs> but so so I want you to so I'm going to pitch something to you cuz this uh, so this yeah. idea we've got to go somewhere far away through enemy territory in the dark we are inadequate we don't have enough people all we know is what we're doing and why we're doing it we got to get there so our boys on the beach can get through like how does that relate to our walk as christians because he's like hey this is where we need to be it doesn't matter that we're ill-equipped. Doesn't matter we don't have enough people. Doesn't matter that it's far away. Doesn't matter that it's night. Doesn't matter we're in the wrong drop zone. So I guess my, my actual ultimate question is, how does that mirror our experience as followers of Jesus?
1: We have a central mission plan and a map. And that's what we've already talked about it. But to me, that map symbolizes the word of God right and we also have to be intentional enough to be looking around us and to pay attention to the signs of where we are jesus jesus said you know you you look at you look at the clouds in the sky or something i'm 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 probably going to butcher the scripture but <laughs> well, i'll have the uh, actual verse you, you, on
0: our website
1: <laughs> <laughs> you'll have the actual <laughs> verse you'll find it you look at the clouds in the sky and you say it's going to rain and so you and he says, but you don't understand the time you're in. You don't understand where what the time. This is Jesus talking to the religious leaders. You 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 can look at the signs of the sky and and predict the weather for the day, but you don't understand the times in which you live, and that is revelation from God. And so you need the revelation from God, and that's why we have the scripture and. and you know, you know I don't want to get too gloom and doom, but like there's a reason why Jesus said, I'm going to tell you what the end's going to look like so you can recognize it when you see it. I'm not going to tell you the day or the hour is going to come like a thief in the night, but at the same time, you need to see when there's a great falling away, when there's wars and rumors of wars, when there's many people pretending to be Jesus, pretending to be gods, pretending like when you see this stuff Hasten! You 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 got to take notice, and and so Winters is like, okay, uh, okay, here's the road we're on, and and here's the map, and he's and he's comparing all of this stuff. The moment he's in, he's comparing it with the. the, We need to compare the moment we're in with what the scripture says. I says, okay, what does the scripture say about these sort of things, and and to understand from a, a an eternal perspective, what's happening in the natural. Because because if we just look with our natural eyes, that's what it says about Jesus. Jesus, uh, one of the things it says in Isaiah about the Messiah is he didn't look with his eyes. He didn't hear with his ears. he d- he He understood by the spirit what was happening. And that's why when people would ask him questions, he'd go, that's not the real question. And he would ask them a question about yeah. what they, with the assumption behind their question. Because he 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 had a, a, a spiritual vision, and that's what God gives us, it empowers us with His Spirit, and then we have the Scripture that's that's a record of how God has done things in the past and other revelation that He. But it doesn't happen in sol- in solitude, like you said. It happens in community. Uh, Winners didn't go away into the woods, but he goes, okay, you guys just wait here. Let me go into the woods and look at the map and I'll come back and tell you what to do. No, let's all look at it together. We're we're on the same team. We, we're all empowered. He's the leader. But we're, we're gonna, we're gonna all understand this together. That's so powerful to me. That's so powerful to me that, that, that we're, we're, we're in this together. And so therefore we're gonna make these decisions together. And that empowers everyone to say, and they were realistic. We gotta go seven clicks in, in four hours. like, there's, but they were all consenting to this. They all consented to this. It wasn't just because of his authority. They were all consenting to this. They had volunteered. And we are, the 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 the, the Christian army is an army of volunteers. We haven't been drafted. Uh, we've been recruited, possibly, <laughs> um, but we weren't drafted. We weren't forced into this. And so consent is a huge part of what we're doing. I could keep going, but I'll stop there.
0: No, I love that. Consent <laughs> is, is important. You know, there, there were soldiers that were dropped in Normandy that didn't fight. They went, found some, got drunk in a farmhouse. Or Good. just as we'll talk about in the next episode with Blythe, because the fear overtakes you. What do you do when the fear overtakes you? But for this, as you were talking, I was taking some notes of of stuff that kept popping up for me is, what stops me when I'm in the middle of the road, knowing my mission, feeling alone, overwhelmed, under equipped, whatever you want to say, all of it is what I most get frustrated with, and I actually just wrote this recently in my journal, is all I can see is things I haven't done, oh, right, and I get so frustrated. Or
1: I failed at, or I didn't do well right. enough, or what? This all is of
0: where it. I'm falling short. This is where I suck. <laughs> right. Here's the list of things I don't have. And if that's what they had done, there's only five of us. Lieutenant doesn't even have a gun. We're not going anywhere until other guys show up. I mean, that's that's that can be mine. That can be my my experience. But what we saw this group do is they did what they could. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I can't control that. Like I, I put a list of all the things I frustrated me and I was like, you know what? Like five out of those seven things are out of my control. Good. But those two, you know what? I can do something about those two things. I can't do anything about those other five things because it's, it's I can't make people show up to my unit, right? I can't suddenly magic up a gun for Lieutenant Winters. I can't find a car to zoom us seven clicks in a couple hours so that we can secure that, that area. But mm. what I can do is start walking. And along the way, people will show up because they end up, they're walking and, and Garnier shows up and, and Malarkey and all the guys. because Guess what? They're on the same mission too. So they're all moving in the same direction. Because they chose to start walking too. So this is this is what C.S. Lewis says. He talks about how they're moving in the same direction, but on a deeper level. We picture lovers face to face, but friends are side by side. Their eyes look ahead. And what you've got is all these men all looking at the same direction because they know their mission and they have the initiative Good. to go for it. And so they find that friendship and camaraderie along the way.
1: Well, and they were trained for it, right? Like, you know, like, w- this is part of the issue. We as leaders in the in the church need to train people with this mindset that it's on you. It's on us together. It's not on the professional Christians. And part of that is Winters was honest about what he lacked. Hmm winters was vulnerable and honest he didn't lead from a position of i've got all the gun he didn't say give me a gun you you do without a gun because his he wasn't a rifleman he was an officer leadership was his quote. leadership was his superpower and and part of good leadership is saying you know what i don't have it all together either Mm. but i know the direction let's go together and if we go together, we might make it, but if we, if we're divided, we will surely fail. And that's great leadership. And there's, there's vulnerability in that there's reality in that. And then there's great power in what he did. I just thought about, I never thought about it until just like literally five minutes ago, when you were talking, I was <laughs> like, he was, he was vulnerable and honest about what he lacked, but that didn't make him less of a leader. And so many pastors go, I, I'm saying it as someone who knows many pastors and have been one myself, we want to give people uh we've got it all together look. We want to we yeah. put that out there. And I'm telling you, it does us no good because all it tells the people in the church, because they know they don't have it all together, and they say, well, if if I got to be a good Christian and have if having it all together is what it takes to be a good Christian, I must not be one. But Winter says, you don't even have to have a rifle and we can be part of this mission. I, I don't care if you don't have a radio. I don't care if you've only got a pistol or you've got an M1 or I don't care what you've got. We're going forward. And like you said, the beautiful thing is if they didn't move forward, they never would have met more people on the way. And God, when we when we move forward, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He knew they didn't have it all figured out. They didn't have it all figured out when he died or when he rose again
0: or later <laughs> or when on. When saying, he, I, mean, <laughs> they, I think we can safely say they never had it all together. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Just like us. <laughs>
1: they figured more of it out, though. And 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 they were willing to be corrected and taught along the way. And he said, "But if you'll just stick with me, I'll make you something." Uh, and 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 that's what we see. They 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 bring together Garnier, which and and Malarkey and these other guys who were part of their and 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 Winters as a good leader even has to deal with some attitudes because they're behind enemy right. lines and some people are afraid or they're angry or they they've got other issues because Garnier's brother he just learned had passed away had conflicts going to happen conflicts going to happen so we may not get into all of it right here on this episode but but he had he yeah. he had to assert himself because it is that being a good leader doesn't mean you don't have to you, you never have to assert yourself you have to be honest and say look when i tell you right. to wait for my signal I mean, we're behind enemy lines. We don't yep. have time for this crap. I almost said a different word. You wouldn't have cared, but we don't have time for this crap. <laughs> we're behind enemy lines. <laughs>
0: All right, and yep. and 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 so he. So that's good leadership too. The mission is bigger than our petty. Then whatever we're dealing with. We, the mission and comes I, And first. he
1: gave him a second chance, right? He's like, because he he I understand your brother, I understand what you're dealing with. I understand your grief, your anger, I understand it, but you don't get to bring it in here because you'll kill us with this. He knew when to assert himself. That's also good leadership.
0: Well, we see Winters and Garnier, they sort of butt heads. You know, Garnier's like, oh, he doesn't have a weapon, he doesn't drink, he's a Quaker. <laughs> And, you know, he's got all these things, all these problems with the leadership, but he still follows him. He gets a little threatening sometimes. And what we see is, is, you know, Winter's commitment to the mission. I had a, I had to have a conversation with a friend of mine this week. I didn't have to, but I chose to. And I told him, I was like, you are a much better friend than Mm. I am. Because I am what would be called in the, in the Proverbs, a hothead. (laughs) where I react I respond I'm not always uh, nice and jovial and uh, the, you know if you're passionate about something guess what the passion goes both ways mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and so I told him I was like hey dude you are such a good friend because you let me blow up and be a hothead and you never hold it against me like you just you let me figure shit out I said it before you <laughs> there but you let me figure shit out (laughs) then you let me apologize ask forgiveness and we keep moving on because when you go through conflict that actually helps you grow you know that you know as one man iron sharpens iron one man sharpens another well that creates friction and sparks in order to appropriately sharpen a blade so we think that oh we're best buddies we're gonna you know call each other on the phone. We're going to go play golf every week. You're going to do all this. Well, there's going to be some sharpening and you get, you get, you have rough edges. I have rough edges that need to be worn off and friction. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ooh, you me? too, Brit. <laughs> and it takes friction <laughs> yep. and pain and, and, and some heat and some sparks. But what it does is it makes us more effective in the mission that we're, we're going to carry out because we see it that last scene where Winner sticks his head in the truck and Mm -hmm. basically repairs everything. And he becomes, that's when he becomes Garnier's true leader. He's like, Oh man, you can see it on his face. I'd follow that Mm -hmm. dude everywhere. And so Britt, as we're, as we're wrapping this up, we look at this, uh, you know, what we've talked about, how the, the, the allied soldiers, they used, they took initiative and that was what helped them. They kept moving. They didn't let their inadequacies or their lack keep them from pushing towards the mission. So, what are like our action items as we walk out of here? How could, what are we supposed to take away that's going to change and influence what we do on a daily basis?
1: It is not your pastor's job for you to be prepared for you. It is your job to be prepared for the battle ahead. It's your job. You have to study. Yeah. You, know the you mission. have to know the mission, and yes, the pastor does too. And the pastor can give you opportunities to learn things, and and he can empower he or she right. They can empower you. Uh, the, all that can happen, but it is my individual responsibility to know the mission, to study, to to be prepared to prepare my heart to prepare my mind to prepare my body so that's number 1 number 2 that preparation to, however doesn't happen alone like you know you if I'm you know you've already done the the whole thing on kurahi and those guys formed a bond over a year and so yes it's my individual responsibility yeah. but it's my individual responsibility as part of a group as part of a whole And that is key. And I think the third is to find ways to remind each other that we are behind enemy lines and we desperately need one another. Because the devil will try to convince you of the exact opposite he will try to get you comfortable. You don't need to worry about it. That farmhouse looks safe. <laughs> that farmhouse looks safe. Wh- whatever it might be, y- the devil will try to convince you your enemy is the guy on the other side of the political or theological necessarily. I mean, I'm not saying there isn't right theology, but but you know, I, I forget who they were. Um, but I don't know, it wasn't the Moravians, but somebody like that, they used they had a saying that said, In in the essentials unity, in in non essentials liberty, and in all things love. There are times when you have to stand up and say that's not how we do this. No, that's essential. You can't you know, that's non-negotiable. But there's a lot of liberty too. But the one, but but what helps us to focus on the true essentials are what do we need for the mission, <laughs> right? Because God's on a mission to reconcile all of humanity and all of creation, for that matter, back to Himself through the, His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what He's doing. He's out on a rescue mission, and and we we just have to re- remind ourselves of that urgency. Uh, because without that, and God gives us that urgency and he, he tells us to not be like the, the virgins who, "Eh, yeah, and we just going to fall asleep and not get the oil. Right. Because when the time comes, the time's there and you're, you're not going to be prepared. The time to prepare is now have a sense of urgency because here's the thing, even if the end of the world and Jesus doesn't come back next year, you might meet him. Next year, <laughs> I mean, one way or the other. I mean, you know, what I'm saying, like, <laughs> right. one way or another, <laughs> you need to be prepared for meeting him and being with him and and being and standing before him and giving an account. And you'll be there. You'll be there at the end, meeting him in the air, <laughs> in a second, right? In a right. He says, in a in a in a second, right. we, we will not all die, but we will all be changed in a twinkling. in in a moment and 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 the bible tells us these things to 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 keep it on the forefront of our minds to give us hope to keep us focused and and to give us the motivation we need to not let the enemy divide us unnecessarily not let the enemy try to get us into comfort and lull us to sleep
0: i was reading in james today and at the end of chapter three it says real wisdom god's wisdom Hmm begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day Mm. and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, Mm. treating each other with dignity and honor. So it is hard work. It's Mm. hard work sometimes getting along with my wife. It was much harder years ago when I was all concerned Mm. about getting what I thought I needed to, you know, we have to share the chores halfway. We have to do this. We have to do this. When I take my approach with my wife and with my friends, with humility, understanding, giving them dignity. Mm. Yeah, they might disappoint me. They might make decisions I don't agree with, but they're my friends. I give them the dignity of making their own decisions. Making their own mistakes, doing things I wouldn't agree with because it's not my family, it's not my marriage, it's not my kids. It, in that mirror James' words mirror what Jesus said: "By this they will know you are my disciples. You love one another." So, we don't need to depend on right theology. Right? I'm not saying it's bad, but sometimes it's overemphasized. What sh- what Jesus emphasized was. Love me, love everyone else. Love your brothers, follow me. That whole idea, follow me on the mission, and I'm gonna give you everything you need.
1: I'm gonna give you everything you need.
0: Well, and in James,
1: he says, the first the first thing he says is live a holy life. And here's here's what holy means: it means set apart for a purpose. But a lot of times when we when we hear live a holy life, we think live a perfect life. No, what it means is you live set apart. A, a soldier doesn't concern himself with civilian affairs. <laughs> you know, you live because you're set apart for a purpose. But what I love what came to me while you're reading that is like, okay, live set apart, but get along with everybody. <laughs> like, right. like that that doesn't that that doesn't mean I'm I'm being prideful about how I'm different from everybody. It means that's part of being set apart, like live set apart for a purpose, not just to be different,
0: but you're different for a purpose. And and there you go. And, it, and in your difference, I love that the the holy life, we are set apart for a purpose. And when you find other people who are also have that same purpose, you make friends with them, you move in the right direction. And that's how you, you, when you get to your mission, you get to your objective, you'll find that you have the things that you need to accomplish your assignment. Absolutely. And the people. Yeah. So, Britt, thanks for coming on here and talking about this. We're going to see you again for, I believe, for episode seven, The Breaking Point, which is uh, sort of the maturation point of, and uh, in, in you, if you're talking about discomfort in this episode, uh, the discomfort <laughs> right. in, that we see, we're going to see in Bastone and The Breaking Point. Is a uh, extreme, right. but thankfully, God doesn't jump us into that. It's a growth, it's a maturation process, it's an initiation mm-hmm. process, and that's much yep. further down the road. So, we'll see you again with that one. So, this has been Paul McDonald and Britt Mooney talking about Band of Brothers, the Day of Days. And so, I uh, hope you enjoyed it and hope you join us next week for episode three, Quarantan, uh here on the Men at the Movies podcast. side has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before.
1: But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be?